Welcome to the Dynasty Junkies Podcast with your hosts, Rocky Petrella and Dustin Church. Let's get to the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 13 of the Dynasty Junkies Podcast, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. I am your host, Rocky Petrella at Dynasty FF Addict, along with my co-host at Dynasty Junkie FF, Dustin Church. And uh, Dustin, just going to get right into it this week. We got a lot on the on the plate here tonight. So uh, why don't you just get into what we're planning on doing tonight? Yeah, so we, we got some good guests with us this week. We got, you know, that at, at FF underscore Travis M, Travis May. And then we got Chris Stoops at Stoops 1990 doing a, a Debbie special today. You know, Rocky and I, we're, we're not big into Debbie, but we know some of our listeners are. So we wanted to bring on some, some guys to talk about Debbie. Um, first question that we've uh, kind of been getting all over is, do you guys think there's going to be a college season? Man, that's, that's a, that's a heavy question. <laughs> I, I think they're going to try to to start out and, and do something. Um, I'm just not sure it's going to be a complete season, <laughs> uh, but it's leaning more and more like it's, it's not going to be, uh, complete season and I, I think they're just going to kind of punt because they really can't move to the spring for the draft kids and i, I just don't i just, uh, i really wish that i could confidently say there is going to be but uh the closer we get like if you if you know if you talk to anybody who owns season tickets like you, we're just we're getting stiff arm not like saying anything like there's no updates like if you're a season ticket owner of like any power five school for the most part like i've asked a bunch of my friends and there's just like nothing like so like like maybe an email that says oh, thanks for you know continued support and uh we yeah we don't go away please but <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah if there is it's going to be weird because you know it's going to be like all conference play and yep. so the scheduling is going to be whack i don't know i don't even know how they would really do it like a national championship or playoff system especially i don't know like when all the pack 12 is playing just pack 12 like yeah that doesn't even really count versus the SEC playing each other. So, right. yeah, yeah. It, it seems like a totally different animal than than asking the NFL. You know, all these guys are getting paid hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars, and asking eighteen to you know twenty one year old college kids to play to play through this seems kind of crazy. But what is your take yeah. on it, Stoops? Do you think they'll they'll get through a season or or no? Yeah, I, I'm kind of with Trav. I don't think it's going to be a full on season. Unfortunately, I think it's going to definitely be some sort of, of shrunk down version. Um, even if they do just conference play only, then it, it's still a shrunken season, but it's still kind of like, well, how do you do the playoff system? Because it's kind of not the full landscape of, of schools really playing amongst the, the outside, you know, conferences that they had scheduled for non-conference games. But I know that, like, I mean, like, uh, who was it? I think Alabama and someone else had talked about playing, like, a non-conference game. Yeah, um, I think but, it's BYU. Yeah. So yeah. if we see something like that, like, okay, it's non-conference, but at the same time, we know BYU's not in that talk of, of going to the playoff system. So it's going to be interesting. I think that there will be some form of a season, but not to the, the extent of what we all were hoping to see. And uh, I, this isn't on the sheet, but do you know, is there like, a, uh, I, I assume uh, the college kids can choose to just not play if they want to, correct? Just like uh, the yeah, NFL I, has the opt-out system. Yep. Yeah. And especially so because like when, 
what makes it more complicated is what you said. It, they're not like paid employees. Like they can't get treated the, the same as a paid employee. And they would definitely not, it would not hold up if they like try to pull a kid's scholarship because he didn't want to endanger himself. But they've actually argued in court, like that these are not employees and these are students and, and more so that they're not even any different than other students, which is just absurd. Um, so it's just going to be weird if, if we start to see, you know, a bunch of these draftable players just be like, yeah, I'm good. No, that's what I'm <laughs> you know, like, going to ask. Like, has there been talk that like guys, you know, that know they're going to be top pick, like Trevor Lawrence and guys like that, that know they're going to be top picks next year. Has there been talk of them sitting out or not? Not that I, I've, I've found it to be really valid. I've seen actually a lot of uh, top high school recruits just mm -hmm. saying, Hey, because like their States already decided that they're moving spring ball or football to the spring. They're just like, whatever, dude, I'm just going to leave. I'm done. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause I'm, I'm going to be an early commit. I'm like yep. three almost or, or four star kid. I, I don't want to mess with this. Like, <laughs> why would I play when I already have a scholarship to go play at Texas A&M? You know, and the, yeah. Like, there's that offensive lineman that, that basically said he, he he's committed to A&M and he even said, he's like, I'm not going to play my senior season. I'm just going to early enroll. And so he, he's kind of already made that, you know, decision. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's something more, that can definitely be happening. Yeah. That, that's super normal. Like if you, mm -hmm. if you're even like an upper echelon three-star, like, yep. you know, like a fringe top 500 recruit, you know, that, that kind of range, like there's no reason if if your state moves ball to, to spring, this I I would just be like nah unless I unless I'm like slated to have a ridiculous year with you know being like an alpha receiver or some somewhere where I can just put up a bunch of production somehow maybe I I don't know it just would if I already had a decent rating I, I, Demos for for A and M. Speaking of another A and M player, like he sat out his entire season just last year he, because of a weird transfer thing. He had to miss an entire year, and he was still a five star kid. So it can be done. Like if you if you have already put some some tape out there and you've already got twenty offers in the bag, why why risk it? Yeah, it's going to be crazy, and it's, it's also especially because I guess a lot of the college hotbed area, you know, like Texas and, and California are some of the worst places right now, so it's going to be yeah. interesting to see. But um, we'll move on to our fantasy face-off that we do every week, and this week um, we took we did a, De a Debbie version of it, and I decided to go with um, Travis Etienne versus Chuba Hubbard. Um, they're basically the top two ranked running backs uh, – by DLF and pretty much everywhere you, you look. Um, and they're four and five overall on the latest DLF Devi ADP. Um, we polled it as we always do, and it came out pretty largely in favor of ATN, 70 to 30. I thought it might be a little closer because they were the top two RBs. Um, but uh, Stoops, what do you think? Is it, is it easily ATN or should it, is, is it closer than this? Or in, in my notes, I literally have Travis ETN easy in capital letters <laughs> for me. It's just you, you, what he did on the ground is is very you know comparable to what Hubbard did. Obviously not the exact same numbers, but I mean rushing is there. Um, and the thing that I loved most about Etienne was the fact that he just improved his passing, uh, his pass catching ability so much. When you look at it, 2018, I mean, he only had 10 receptions for 65 yards, but this last season he had 36 receptions uh, for 427 yards. So it's like he massively improved in that aspect of the game. And we talk about it all the time over on 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 my show not to get there but um pass catching ability from running back like it's huge at the next level like it's going to get you onto the field so the fact that he showed he's got that in his back pocket i think it's huge so for me yeah it was etn pretty easily 
And that pass catching is pretty big too, especially after last year that comment he had about being uh, mm-hmm. afraid of catching the ball. That got people a little worried last year, I remember. Um, but Travis, you agree it's easily with the end? Uh, I don't think it's easy. Uh, I think that those are my top tier guys. Uh, I think they're both going to put up stupid numbers uh, if, if and when we do have some some ball this fall. And uh, I, but I can't. I don't think we can really downplay how impressive Chuba Hubbard's you know two thousand yard season yeah. uh, was. And so I think a lot of people love ATN and his market value. I think easily makes it him because he just he's just safer. You know he's he's got the you know, locked in first round quarterback that's going to really carry the offense. He's going to have empty boxes to run against, and he's going to average another seven, eight yard per carry season uh, and score just virtually every other time he touches the ball. Uh, so he, he's safer. But I think long term, uh, just talent wise, they're a lot closer than their current market would dictate. Okay. Yeah. And, and yeah, I, I did the, uh, me and Dustin aren't as up on the college guys, but yeah, I, I did look at it and, and ATN was, uh, looks like, looks really efficient last year, really high yards per carry, little, really high yards per reception. I, I, I get the, the, him, uh, you know, being the favorite here, but I, I just thought it would be, it might be a little closer, but, uh, I guess we'll go right into our commissioner corner then. Commissioner corner. So what do you guys think is the best platform to run a Debbie league on? For any of our listeners out there that like are trying to set up their their um, Debbie league, like, what's the best? Uh, what the website is? It MFL? Is it something else? Uh, what do you guys think? So for me, I, I have most of everything I do on on MFL. I've done I've done them all. I've done you know sleeper and FFPC and uh, you know MFL and um, even you know fan tracks and things like that. Especially like for college to Canton leagues, I've done some things with fan tracks where you you know when you have college players that actually get points for you uh, it's it's fun to mix and match there so if you want to do kind of like a college that can't mix the fan tracks is probably the best option if you need the college production to be you know kind of pulled into play but you know my fantasy league is my favorite um in terms of you know customizing everything from top to bottom uh it, you can just do more you know you can add the, the custom players and kind of have those already filled in with your roster spots and you can have plenty of them and you know you can have like what 99 players on a roster and so you can make it as as, as deep and as customized as you want that that's about always my go-to but i, I am a fan of the ffpc uh format as well so yeah i kind of so if you're gonna do a league where the college side is scoring for me it's the it's the fan track side of it i've used them for for a couple leagues not necessarily that i'm commissioning per se but i guess i've been in a couple leagues on fan tracks and it it runs pretty smooth i've enjoyed it you know i haven't had any any issues i know some people aren't a huge fan of it but it keeps the scoring for the college side um and then again mfl that's that's where i go just the customization aspect to it it's 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 bar none in my opinion um yeah it's paid but you're to my in my opinion you're getting what you pay for right and when you really break it up between the 10 12 members it's not that expensive so right um for me if you're doing scoring uh fan tracks for college side but um if it's just kind of a more traditional debbie league you're just kind of drafting your guys i think mfl's a simple way to go i know that google sheets that's a, a lot of people do that it just puts a little bit more work on the commissioner for organization uh, making sure everything stays straight and then sometimes they'll even just transfer it to mfl by creating players which again is another aspect so for me it would be fan tracks and or mfl though okay yeah and uh, i'm definitely a pro mfl guy i do run 
one uh, limited Devi league, and that's what we do it on MFL. And yeah, I think it's really easy to use. You can create the custom players and all that. And uh, and the idea of this is is uh, this show is kind of more sort of uh, uh, me and Dustin were talking about it, kind of almost like Devi for dummies. That's why we have you guys on here to tell the smart guys to tell us what to do. But um, so in terms of more like if you're um, starting out in Devi rather than than know all your stuff like you guys do, what do you think is the best kind of set up to start a league with more beginner Devi players. Like the league I run is uh, it's got super flex and all that kind of stuff, but the Devi aspect of it is uh, just the next year. So like this year you can only draft 2021 guys. Um, when we started it, we did do a two round Devi draft. And then from then on, this is the second year of it. Um, it's combined rookie and Debbie draft, but, but what do you, what, what's some of the, what's the kind of setup you think might be best for someone trying to get into Debbie and learn, learn, learn the Debbie aspect of fantasy who may not be an avid college watcher like you guys are. Um, just like the, the ideal league format or basic setup uh, in terms of the Debbie side. Yeah. Like how to do yeah. how to do the, do you think limited Debbie is the way to go? Um, like I, I just got no. into one more full yeah. Debbie league this year, but. But yeah, I think if you want, you know, I think people should be able to do as, as deep as they want. Now, I, I don't necessarily always like, you know, I people drafting high school kids, you know, <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm in a league where, you know, that's happening. Um, but it's a bunch of seasoned people who've been playing Debbie for a long time. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's 100 rounds like it, that's not how you're going to start Debbie. You know? so, right. <laughs> but I think if you want to, um, you know, draft a Zachary Evans, who is playing for T- PCU this year and should start and you know he's a five-star talent kid I think you should be able to draft him I think I don't think there should be a limitation on just 2021 guys or you know no true freshman or I even have one league where um still you can't draft true seniors or players that are in their final year of eligibility so like you can draft 2021 people but they have to be going into like their third year of eligibility or their junior season which is just like, man, oh man, because that, you know, you, you miss out on a lot of guys. And, and I get it because you want to keep the rookie draft picks valuable still, mm-hmm. especially if it's your, you know, your first time playing Debbie. But, you know, if you just want to toss in two rounds of Debbie and, you know, it's 24 picks or say it's a deeper league and it's 14 team, it's 28 picks, that's not going to really kill your pool. And frankly, there's going to be just six embarrassing misses amid, amid that anyway <laughs> like we, right. we think we know like what's going on every single year and and it just doesn't happen so it doesn't really kill it that much maybe you miss out on a round or two um of, of players uh but it really if you allow that flexibility and allow people to pick any player in college you know there's going to be some 2022 guys there's going to be some 2023 guys and so it doesn't suck all the value out of just one class so you know, especially starting out, just make it wide open, any college player in two, maybe three rounds to just kick it, you know, kick it off and you know, dip your toe in the water. <laughs> so don't limit who you can pick, but maybe limit how many guys. Yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go crazy with it. And just um, if you've never done Debbie, unless you've got a bunch of avid college football people, I think it's easy for uh, people to get turned off if they're like, well, you know, I, I really whiffed on my first, you know, so let's say you had a 10 round Debbie and you've never tried it before like that. You whiff on like nine out of 10 picks and that guy's going to drop out of the league. You know, so it's, if, if, if it's just um, and it's harder to rebuild because the rookie, you know, rookie field is depleted at that point. Um, 
So I, just dip your toe in two, th- two to four rounds, really, uh, and, and don't mix it with the rookie, uh, rookie values, uh, rookie players either. Just because I think there's so, especially with fresh faces in Debbie, it's really hard to gauge uh, the value of a college player versus a rookie for many people. That just complicates it. Just, just keep it separate. Just keep it separate. Have separate drafts. Okay. What do you think, Stoops? Yeah, no, I agree with everything he was saying because that's that's the biggest thing is is if you get someone who has literally zero experience but loves the concept, mm-hmm. gets into it, then let's say we get into round 10, 12, 15, whatever, right? And we're over here drafting this senior out of high school and they're just like, well, who who's that guy? And then now they're kind of getting overwhelmed and they don't really understand. They understand what's happening, but it just, it just seems very overwhelming. So I think for someone who's never, ever played and has no experience, you definitely want to keep it as simple as possible. If you have a league, you know, where guys, and when I started up my own uh, Debbie league, we did it for, for our podcast. It is a 10 round startup one for the Debbie aspect, but second year it's five rounds. And I also even put in there, how much experience do you have, right? Do you have zero years experience? Do you have two to three years? So it was kind of a first come first serve, but everyone that filled it out had at least one to two years experience of Debbie. So they weren't totally new to it. So I felt okay with that 10 round, but like Travis said, if it's zero, no experience, or they can even, you know, asking a bunch of questions, it can be very overwhelming um, for, for someone who, who doesn't, you know, dive that deep into it. So no, everything was tra- Travis was saying that was pretty much spot on with what I do. Okay. Sounds good. Um, and uh, so we'll move on to our uh, dynasty, I guess, slash Debbie strategy portion of the show this week. Dynasty strategy. Dustin, what do you what do you got? Yeah, so for any of like, I will say on the topic of, of newer Debbie players out there, what are some of the best resources that you guys can point people towards um, for any like Debbie information, strategy, any of that information? Other than your own stuff, which we'll get to at the end of the show. <laughs> I was gonna say Rotoviz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man, but no, for real though, Rotoviz has all the tools you need. Um, we're adding some stuff here in the near future, but uh, I think I, I really respect the Debbie Watch guys that they they put in a lot of work. I don't always see eye to eye with their rankings, but um, they really do a good job outlining like what the player profiles and what players are good at, uh, especially from a film side of things. Uh, they really do a great job, and and then Nick Whalen with his. Uh, Debbie report that he always puts together. That's a great resource. I just had him on the, you know, my, my new college to Canton podcast here recently. I uh, talking about some of the incoming uh, rookies and, you know, he just really, he and I, have, we've been talking about Debbie leagues and, and college players for probably six years now. You know, he, he's just done it for a really long time. Uh, really passionate about it. But those, those are go-tos as far as just like uh, annual kind of publications and resources. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I mean, I get a lot. Of, when I first got into it, um, so actually, it's funny. I kind of stumbled across um, Debbie. It's it's kind of funny about that. But um, I went to DLF. Like, I just kind of, when I first started, I was like, well, where do I get Dynasty rankings, right? So then I started with, like, the NFL side of it. And then I kind of saw this tab where it said Debbie. And they have rankings on there. It is paid. Um, but I think it's, what, like $8 a month or you pay for X yeah. amount for the year. So it's not expensive. And you get the articles, the forums, the rankings, like you get everything in that. So I love doing that. And a lot of that, uh, they've got multiple guys doing rankings. So the way I kind of did it was I just got some names. You'd, of course, you, you know, one to like Jamar Chase, number one, so on. So I'm going to go to YouTube. 
Jamar Chase game filmers and kind of watch film in that sense, kind of get your feet wet and kind of go around there. But DLF and then um, was it twenty four seven sports two four seven sports? I like them. They're free. Um, that one's that's a good one. Um, they've got what the 2021, 2022, 2023 high school class. I think twenty twenty three is not in there just yet. But um, again, that's getting pretty deep. But there's some free options out there to get some rankings, get some names um, for the high school guys. Um, and then, like I said, DLF has like the um, the college guys kind of ranked out. So there's simple ways to find it. And then obviously just Twitter. I mean, there's so many guys out there, right? So many people um, yeah. to just need names. They do cut ups. They do um, threads on guys. You know, they're, they have vision, no vision. But it's just there's so many things on Twitter to find. Yeah, I was going to ask about the, the cut up thing. Like I know for Rook, when I kind of dive into the film stuff a little bit, when uh, it becomes rookie season, I don't really do it at this point. But if somebody did want to dive in as uh, into the college guys to kind of look at film and stuff, uh, I know Dynasty Nerds has stuff. Yeah. Um, is there anywhere else out there you can look for that kind of stuff? You'd be I surprised, know like how much you can just find on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it's, um, it's, uh, you got to know how to search it and like uh, you know kind of look at like different. Um, uh, different like links of videos and things like that. And you can help you filter and things like that. But you know, that that's easy go to for sure. Yeah. And like Brandon, I don't know how to say his last name, but at Debbie, Debbie deep dive, he does a lot of cut ups yeah. and he posts it all onto Twitter. Um, but yeah, like you said, dynasty nerds, I actually do cut ups um, mm -hmm. for dynasty nerds. So um, obviously with no games going on, there's no cut ups for me to do, but <laughs> um, yeah, they're really good about it. But yeah, you, there's a lot of guys that do it. Um, I started kind of doing it on my own a little bit to the side and then things got linked up with them and, and I kind of went that route. But yeah, there's, you'd be surprised how many people actually take the time to do cutups. It's they're, they're out there for sure. Okay, cool, cool. And um, another thing we wanted to, to ask you to is um, maybe some names uh, people should be looking out for if uh, they're in Debbie leagues now um, but maybe don't know the guys as well as, as, as you and some other people do. Um, some of the less, you know, there's the obvious guys like, you know, Jamar Chase and the two running backs we talked about earlier, Rondale Moore, all those guys. But maybe some guys that are going beyond like the first round of Debbie drafts. Um, if you were to do like a, a Debbie draft right now, some guys that, that are more uh, deeper, a little bit deeper, at least prospects to maybe keep an eye on. I was thinking you could each give maybe a couple of those Travis, you want to you want to start off with that? Sure. So I'll start off with a uh, a wide receiver, uh, Tutu Atwell, <laughs> Jeterius Tutu Atwell. Uh, he goes by Tutu, but uh, he's a Louisville wide receiver. Uh, really, just love his game. Um, he's basically one hundred, maybe one hundred sixty five pounds soaking wet. Uh, so he needs to probably add add some weight if he's going to, uh, you know you know, get the draft capital, but really we've seen an influx of, of smaller, thinner wide receivers get drafted early in recent years. So I'm not as worried as I, I once was with him not getting draft capital. But when you look at him just from a production standpoint, not even with the film, but like where he kind of falls, uh, what, like what his production profile uh, would usually tell us. Uh, one of the metrics I, I built called the adjusted, uh, adjusted production index um and he's got he's basically got a one full season of production and as far as nfl like drafted wide receivers go he's already a 91st percentile wide receiver prospect 
uh, just by one metric. And and players with at least a 90th percentile or better API, as I call it, um, see day two or better draft capital 85% of the time. Uh, so I think a lot of people that are, are film nerds love Atwell and his speed and his ability to stack over the top and add yak on just, you know, whether it's a jet sweep or it's something quick out of the slot. Um, he just does a lot of things well, and people that are chasing the next Tyreek Hill are going to love a player like Chaterius Tutu Atwell. So a definite fan of his. So he's I love hearing that. Yeah, he and he probably you know he's he's going later. He's not like a super late round pick. And I've seen people come around on him. I have him I think as like a third rounder in in my rankings, but nobody's probably going to take him that early. I think. Recently, I've seen him go like you know round seven or maybe round five. If some someone's feeling super reachy, but um, he is eligible for the twenty twenty one NFL draft, and I think he would probably go even if we didn't have a season, just because of the ridiculous efficiency and, and speed uh, that he has. Uh, so I really, really want to see him succeed at the next level. And then I'll go. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to a, a true freshman for the the running back prospect. Uh, so Tank. Yes, his his actual name's Cartavius. I like guys that don't go go by the real name. By the real names, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cartavius Tank Bigsby, uh, and he is a tank coming out of high school already. Over over six foot, about two two fifteen, uh, and really kind of already has like a feature back build to him. Uh, really like his skill set. He can catch some passes. He doesn't have like you know he's not a Christian McCaffrey, but he. He's a much better pass catcher than DJ Williams, who was already there with Auburn. Uh, he's a you know five, basically four or five star fringe type talent. Um, a lot of people he had a five star rating for a long time as a recruit. He was just from a long time ago. He was everyone knew this kid was legit. Uh, last year, DJ Williams, outside of like a couple games, averaged like three point eight yards per carry. I th- he's not a spectacular talent. Some people like DJ Williams at Auburn, but I think. Tank Bigsby is going to take over as the feature back for Auburn and be the, the next carry on Johnson for them, except better and more athletic and a better receiver. And so if that's who he is, then he's going to get at least at least day two draft capital one day. And you can probably get him after uh, maybe a handful of the true freshmen this year and a bunch of the guys that are 2021, 2022 eligible. So huge fan of Tank Bigsby and Tutu Atwell. Yeah, and that, that well, like you said, there's definitely a lot of small, speedy guys that have been going earlier. Like you know, we have uh, Hollywood and KJ Hamler this year, and uh, Miko last year. So uh, yeah. he, 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 do you think he might be able to go as high as the second round? Or yeah, absolutely, uh, I think so. I think um, more and more people that are really smart uh, film guys and analytics people are like, holy cow. This this kid checks like all the boxes. If he wasn't like a hundred pounds, I'd like him even more. Uh, that's <laughs> that's generally the take. So you know, if he if he adds any, I don't think he'll lose a ton of speed, but uh, I think he could be that uh, Hollywood Brown that gets top fifty type capital. Okay. Yeah, the one Debbie draft that Soup's helping me with, uh, he had me take two two. So I'm, well, I'm, uh, I love hearing that. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's one of those things where, and I used to be really bad about this. I'll admit it. When you look at like I was a I'm still a big numbers guy, right? But it's like when you look at just their height, their weight, their number, whatever. Well, his numbers are solid, but like his height and the weight, you kind of just be like, ah, I don't, I don't know. But then you go watch the film and you watch him play and you look more into the numbers, like it's he's got it. It's there. He's got mm-hmm. it. Absolutely. And he, you know, he was a, a sprinter too. So he's he's got a you know, a kind of a, a 
40 and 100 type uh, sprinter speed similar to rugs really so he could be that four three ish type speedster okay stoops who do you got <clears throat> yeah so um one of the guys and he i've seen him kind of be, be talked up a little bit more but i still don't he's not one of the top guys but journey brown out of penn state he just had a solid season last year i mean 889 rushing yards uh 12 rushing touchdowns 15 receptions for 134 yards he just he gets it done on the field and we've seen obviously what uh what, what Penn State running backs can can do at the next level, you know, they're they're definitely building a good art running back. You as as some would say, you know, in that area, they're they're definitely getting some top talent come out of there. But I'm a big fan of Journey Brown. Um, one of the other guys, I got to talk about him, right? I got the A and M logo back behind me, but Anaya Smith. Um, he's another guy that's a little bit smaller. Um, he's not not huge, but he is fast and he can be used all over the field. He was um, he was a freshman um, freshman last year. He was a receiver. But AM's running back situation kind of went went up in the air. You know, um, uh, Jay Sean Corbin, he, he transferred out to Florida State, and it was kind of left with just Isaiah Spiller. So they kind of they brought in some recruits, but then they moved Anaya Smith to running back. So they're going to definitely use him pass catching out of the backfield. He can do punt returns, kick returns, receive the ball. I mean, he can do it all. So he's definitely someone to keep an eye on. That's Anaya Smith out of AM. And he's actually a, what's it, Paul, Paul Hornan. Um, he's on the watch list, which is the most versatile player um, in NCAA. So definitely someone there um last guy is this one's a kind of a deeper deeper uh take on it but like sincere mccormick out of utsa um i think he he's he's done a lot more than what people really expected him and i actually got lucky enough so he went to judson high school which is about i don't know 30 miles away from from where i'm at now if even that far so i watched him quite a bit in high school and he stood out but he didn't really stand out as a guy that i really expected to making an immediate impact but for him and it's utsa so again we're not talking you know top echelon echelon of the the programs but um he's getting it done he got it done as a true freshman so love what i saw out of him but yeah journey brown's definitely a guy he's one that a lot of people have talked about so i definitely keep an eye on him but then anaya smith and and also sincere mccormick and they said deep and, and you were like okay let's oh, go yeah, no, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay at least round 17 you can get both of them probably. So, <laughs> you want to go Demonte Coxy? That's a good one. Receiver out of Memphis. Yeah. He's a good guy. Okay, maybe round fifteen. There you go. There we go. <laughs> this dude likes the Texas guys. Um, That's true. And just for like the listeners out there, and for us, because I don't know either. Like, how, like Travis kind of did this when he was talking about his guys. How would you, like who would you maybe comp sort of Journey Brown to, and maybe some of these other guys, like just as a as an NFL comp, or or even just. Uh, a rookie comp of somebody that came out recently or something like that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Travis, you're better at that. What journey Brown? Yeah. Who what kind of running to? back is he? I mean, he's like, uh, he's like maybe a faster Aaron Jones. That's nice. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Kind of gives I, I, people an idea. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, what, what would you, what do you think about that? Chris? Is that, I Probably like kind of, here, huh? yeah. I like that because I mean, the, Journey Brown, he is a physical runner, right? He's he's got the physicality to him, but I do think he's got a little bit more speed. So I like that. Yeah, sorry, call. sorry, I put you a bit on the spot there. Yeah, that no, wasn't I, on the I, show I, sheet. That was not no, on the show sheet. I, I, I like it though. And then uh, Anias, though, like he's a, he's a weird one just because yeah. of his his raw like in, inexperience. Uh, do you think he'll get work with with Spiller kind of carrying things? I, I think he's he's definitely going to be the the second guy there. And the other thing that's going to be interesting to see 
they did bring in a, a pretty good amount of, of recruits, right? So it's going to be, I want to call it a crowded backfield, I think, but he's just such a versatile player that what I'm going to be interested interested to see is how many touches does he really get out of the backfield? Um, yeah, he's listed as running back, but I'm more inter- interested to see that. But I think Isaiah Spiller is going to be the guy. He's going to get probably 85 to 90% of the touches out of the backfield. So um, I think it's going to yeah, be... Jimbo loves his future backs. Too, yes, so. it's it's going to be tough for him to get that. So he's going to have to be used in other areas. But I think it's still he's got the abilities to to get it done when the ball's in his hand. All right. Well, that was some some good conversation. So um, jumping into the next question. So how do you guys evaluate trades when it comes to uh, you know debut players versus uh, players already in the NFL? Like how do you analyze those trades and kind of what's your guys' process there? The most basic level, you have to kind of consider like time value of money principles and understand that you're not actually going to get these fantasy points from these players that are, you know, younger, uh, that are, you know, incoming freshmen. Uh, there's there's more implied risk because they could get injured. And really with freshmen, you have no idea because they might have been a five star, a four star, but mm-hmm. they, might, they might get washed out by a recruit that follows them the next year, you know, so. You don't, you don't know what those players. So there's, there's implicitly more significantly more risk when you go beyond just the 20 of 21 eligible guys. But in, in any given year, you've got like what three or four guys at running back, maybe five or six wide receivers. Next year, we're there's probably an even bigger, even bigger crop that we're comfortable with calling them day two talents, day one talents. So maybe 10 players that we're sure or feel like we're sure that are going to have day one day two capital and those are the players that you want to target because if you miss that threshold your hit rate is horrible just it doesn't matter if it's running back wide receiver tight end quarterback you have to get day two capital or otherwise the projection for your career it's not that you can't hit it's just that it's so much lower you have to with every selection you have to be asking yourself can this guy make it to day two can this guy make the day one how am I, how am I projecting this future impact? And it, when I'm comparing, comparing them to other players that are already in the league, in many cases, I've got to be pretty confident if I'm trading for a debut player for a real live NFL player with, with draft capital already, that I think they're a first round talent. In many cases, those are the players I'm, I'm targeting. I, I'm not wasting my time trading in many cases for the, the round nine guys who I'm like, mm, he might be like around three or four fringe kid. Um, like those aren't the targets because uh, you're just basically trading away real life production now for like a super maybe in many cases. So I, I think that pretty much sums up my approach. What about you Stoops? Yeah, no, I, I agree. And that that's the biggest thing is, so I've, I've noticed that I, I like to take a little bit more, a little more chance with it. So I, I do kind of, I personally go a little bit further in. So if I, there's a 2022 guy or whatever that I like, I'll take that chance on him. But it's years prior, obviously. But it, it has come back to to bite me. So it definitely is something you've got to you got to weigh that risk. And you also kind of got to just look at your look at the layout of your team, right? If you're in a win now, you don't want to be sitting on 
now obviously if you've got a Lawrence and ETN, so you know, guys at that level, like I'll sit on, I'll sit and wait for them to come around. But it's also one of those where if you're in a win now, you want to have the points at this very moment. So, you know, you're gonna have your your Debbie guys you like. Um, but if someone comes to you and says, Hey, I want X player, I'm willing to give you so and so that scoring points now can give you that final push, you really gotta consider that. Um, as long as it doesn't, you know hurt you too much long-term obviously. So you got to look at it in that sense, but I think approaching it in a, am I win now or am I essentially building, you know, for two years down the road, you know, one, two years down the road kind of thing. So you got to look at it in in different aspects, but um, definitely be a little bit more cautious with it for sure. Because like he's saying, the hit rates can, can, you know, go out the window very, very quick. Uh, and, and like you saying, a lot of these five-star guys, like a five-star running back, B. John Robinson, like I'm a huge fan of him. I think he's going to do huge things, but we don't know that. We've never even seen him play it down in college. So it's one of those where I'm willing to take that chance, but it could really come back to bite me. So you, you got to just kind of weigh, weigh what your your risk factor, what your risk level is, where you're okay going. Yeah, not to mention you, you're not going to get a fantasy point from him for at least, at least – Three years from now, exactly, uh, like, and that's assuming he comes out when he's eligible, right? Yeah. We thought ETN was going to come out, right? Yeah, he went back. So it might so not be it's, four years, exactly. Not, huh. Yeah, and that, and that's a good point of, of looking at where you are now. Like uh, we're going to get into it in our find me a trade segment later, but even that league, it's a limited Debbie league. But the, the the team that we're looking at is is very Debbie heavy, and uh, you know they wouldn't be making the same trades as, as someone like uh, I'm actually it's actually one of my leagues so I'm in that league and I have no Debbie so that I'd be making totally different types of trades so like you said it uh, where you are is a big a big difference there and uh, we actually had one uh, we threw a little on Twitter we actually got one listener question um, which is from at Charles Charles FB Scott Connor who also knows his Debbie pretty well and he said to talk about why the 2021 wide receiver class is too old to be as good as the 2020 class. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Hey, Scott. <laughs> hey, it's Travis. <laughs> so Scott and I, we did some work. Scott's big on age. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we, we did some work together before he was on the Dynasty Command Center podcast with, with me and, and Curtis back when it first began. And uh, we worked on the Dynasty Command Center rookie guides and things like that. I, I know Scott, and I know he hates Najee Harris because he's he's yeah. old, and, <laughs> and you know I I, <laughs> and, and so I Von for the same reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and and the reason why, like, you know, just purely non-analytically speaking, like if you tried to explain it without much detail, like why in the world would it make sense? Like age is just a number, right? Well, like it's, it's based on, on years and years of historical data points, right? Like if you're a 21 year old rookie at running back and you're a first round pick, like your hit rate over even like a round two guy or even another round one guy who's just 22, historically speaking, your chances of NFL success are almost double. Like it's, it's crazy. And it makes sense because well, let me slow down. So it, it just practically, like if you're good enough to come out at age 21 and you get round, round one draft pick, like you are a prodigy, like you, you are a, a not so talent, but if you choose to, you know, or maybe you're not good enough, maybe you don't explode enough to come out um, in your, after your junior season, there's a little bit more questions to you. So just implicitly, it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Cause like, if you're good enough to come out as a junior, it's like, Boom, like, boom, like, duh, like, he's an easy pick. Uh, but maybe if you have a, a weirder resume, it's not as much of a slam dunk. And maybe you have one or two warts in your profile, but 
you know, teams go after your athleticism, you still get capital, but you're older. Like there's just, it, it makes sense just when you think about it from a common sense, a common sense standpoint that, you know, younger players succeed at a higher clip, just practically speaking. But over the years, it's just shown time and time again that that is the case. Now, I'm not going to say that I'm not going to draft Maureen Terry and I'm not going to draft Devontae Smith because they chose to go back and play one one more year of college. Like Devontae Smith just outproduced Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs, and, and it wasn't particularly close when you look at him and him and Ruggs. Um, so he's probably going to be a, a round one pick. And Tamorian Terry just had like 40% market share. Uh, receiving last year, it runs 24 miles per hour. Like, I don't, I don't think I'm confident in saying he's a, he's a miss uh, just because of the age. I, I just think that's, that's, that's too simple. Like that. We just have to look at it as in a case by case basis. What do you think Stoops? I'm gonna be honest. I don't think I can back that up, but uh, now, so everything you said is spot on, but it's like for me with receivers, um, I probably don't put as much emphasis on age as a lot of other people do. Um, so for me, I, I just kind of look at production. Now, that being said, if a receiver comes out and he's 24 years old kind of thing, like I might mm. look at that a little different, yeah. right? But I mean, if we're talking someone who's 21 compared to 22, like to me, like that, that's not, not as big of a concern. Um, but everything Travis said, I mean, it makes perfect sense, right? If someone's 20, 21 years old and they come out and, and they've had just phenomenal seasons, of course, they've got a longer shelf life, right? They're going to be able to, they, they've kind of shown they've got that ability. So it definitely makes sense. But for me, I, I just, for receivers specifically, um, I haven't put as much emphasis on the age aspect of it. I, I kind of look at what they've done production wise and, and what they've done on film, you know, and I have big thing I look at, and this goes across any position. What have they done against like top competition, especially someone who's gone to like a smaller type school? What have they done when they play the Ohio States, the Clemson's, the whoever's right? What have they done against them? You know, not, not determining age, obviously, but that's just across the board. So that's kind of how yeah. I look at things. Yeah, and I, and I like that take. I like your take there too. And, and really, it, it, yeah, I think it's with running backs. I, mm -hmm. I feel more inclined to be worried about the age. And it's not yep. that just from a perception and, and value standpoint, like even if even if you throw out the fact that the hit rates differ, like Keyshawn Vaughn's 23. He's actually older, like almost a year older than the backfield mate he's supposed to come in usurp and, and, and usurp in Ronald Jones. Like he's, he's 23. Ronald Jones is still actually, I think, 22 for another couple of weeks. Um, and so it's like, even if Keyshawn Vaughn kind of hits and there's a committee and then next year he's got the job, he's already 24 <laughs> and, you know, we think running, running, running backs are dead at age 26 anymore in dynasty. So like you blink and he's 26 and his value's done. Uh, like a dud, like it's just done. So, I mean, that's, I had the same concern with Sonny Michelle. Like I like Sonny Michelle, but he had some, some injury issues and he was already 23, almost 24 when he came into the league. He's 25 now. If there's a weird season this year, uh, he turns 26 yeah. in February. Like he's going to be dead to dynasty owners already. And it was just like that. Like, it, and it, we feel like it was yesterday that he was at first round pick. He's and, not that um, far off as it is. Yeah. <laughs> being so dead. Like, as the, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So it's just, that's just from, you know, just a value insulation standpoint. It's really important to target younger, younger backs. Uh, and so I get it with the wide receivers. You want them to be young, but it just yeah. doesn't always happen like that. And I've got to plead a little ignorance here. Is I mean, is there a lot of seniors that are out looking at next year as some of the early picks? Is that what Scott's talking about? Is that why, is that why he's saying they're the old, older than the 2020 class? 
Yeah, I mean, there there are a few more examples that um, are supposed to go early next year, and I, I named a couple. The, the biggest ones uh, with Devonte Smith and and Tamari and Terry kind mm-hmm. of being in, in that top tier that uh, we think are gonna you know be slam dunks anyway. Um, but you know, I mean, Jamar Chase, he's not super old, obviously. <laughs> Rashad right. Bateman, he's not. Rondell Moore, he's not. Uh, so there's a bunch of guys up top that should get draft capital that are not. Uh, so I, I wouldn't be super worried about it, but I mean, maybe you want to throw like, uh, like Sage Surratt into the mix. I think he actually is older than we think. Cause he had a red shirt year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think other, other older guys, uh, by our standards. Oh, I guess maybe Chris Olave, like he would be another name that, um, might be older ish. Uh, I can't remember his exact age, but yeah. I don't have like an age chart in front of me, <laughs> but <laughs> Okay, I guess we will move on to our Find Me a Trade segment. Find me a trade! And uh, this week's was submitted by Ryan Tressler uh, at Papa Tress on Twitter. And it's a, uh, I'm going to get a little more detailed even than we usually do because Debbie setups are, you know, very all over the place. But uh, it's a 12 team PPR Superflex. Uh, Two tight end league, uh, but there's no tight end premium. So you start two, but there's no premium. And it, like I said, I mentioned this earlier. It's a limited Devi. Um, this is the league I was talking about earlier, where there's the five round combined rookie Devi draft, um, but you can only draft the following year players. So this year it was 2020, 2021. Next year you'll be able to draft 2021 rookies, 2022 uh, Devies. So. Um, Right now, there's 39 Devies currently owned, so that's about uh, three rounds worth of guys from the 2021 class, and it's a 28-man roster with a four-man taxi that can be used for your rookies or Devies, and the league is start 10. You start uh, QB, two running backs, two wide receivers, two tight ends, super flex, and two flex. And uh, the, the, the team that submitted the roster, they're like we mentioned, they're very Devy heavy. Um, the roster, they're looking... Uh, to hopefully have be a force by 2022, they got a lot of high-end devies, uh, hoping some of the young nine nine wide receivers they have hit, and they think they're set at QB moving forward, which makes sense when you look at the roster. And I believe Dustin's gonna gonna go over the roster for us. Yeah, so at quarterback, uh, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Jake Fromm, and Baker Mayfield. So pretty pretty strong there. Running back, he's got Travis Etienne, uh, Geis, Daryl Henderson, um, Singletary. Um, and then when we get to wide receiver, he's got Jamar Chase, Rondell Moore, um, A.J. Brown, Marquise Brown, T. Higgins, Jerry Judy, Terry McLaurin, Henry Ruggs, Nabisca Chenault, James Washington. So he's, he's really deep um, with youth at wide receiver. And then at tight end, he's got Brevin Jordan, uh, Charlie Kolar, and then he's got Er Smith and Jay Sternberger. Uh, so, what do you, uh, Stoops? We'll get into your trade first. Uh, what what trades did you find for for this team? Yeah. So, what I came up with, I kind of looked at it, and I understand there's no tight end premium, but the fact that you start two tight ends, I kind of looked at his roster, and I felt he he needed to get some form of tight end. So, I kind of just looked around at some other rosters, and, and just to see who had what. Right. Well, there was a team that has George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. Both are going to be very hard gets, right? They they all they score top points, like they're going to be hard gets. So what I came up with first um, was Marquise Brown, Jamar Chase, um, and I looked at draft picks. What is what does he have, right? 
2021 first and a 2021 second. That still leaves him with one first rounder. He had two first rounders for basically Marlon Mack and George Kittle. I also put a possibly Journey Brown, right? Uh, Marlon Mack, I know that with Jonathan Taylor there now, it's a lot of concerns. What's he going to really do? But I put it in on the trade, uh, the, the, um, Dynasty trade calculator, and it came out fairly even. I know that does not always mean anything. Um, player values uh, or, or personal values on a player, obviously, way more than what a calculator tells you. It's just kind of, I was curious how close were we really looking. Um, and for the the Marlon Mack, George Kittle, it actually came out 36.9 on the Brown Chase side to 34.7 on the um, the George Kittle side. Another one I came up with, Marquise Brown, Jamar Chase, and just the 2021 first for Marlon Mack or Journey Brown uh, for Travis Kelsey. I kind of feel it might be easier to get Travis Kelsey, as crazy as that sounds, simply because of the age. Um, I know he's scored more points fantasy-wise in the league specifically, but I just feel George Kittle's value, and even in the calculator, right, his value was higher, younger, still massive production. I just think if he can get that tight end um, while getting a running back, because again, his running back, besides ETN coming in, it, it was kind of, you know, just just some some really, if you want to call it RB2 pieces, right? It really wasn't any of that that top, top guy. Guys hasn't been healthy. Um, Singletary, I think he's the guy there, but Zach Moss coming in, who knows? That's kind of be a shared backfield. So a lot going on there. Um, the biggest thing, though, Marlon Mack's contract is up at the end of the season. So he'll, um, unless they work some sort of deal out, or if they have, I totally missed it. But um, he'd be a free agent, so that's kind of up in the air. But I just think if he can get that George Kittle or Travis Kelsey, I, I think that would really help push him to the next level for when the Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Travis Etienne. And yeah, he'd be getting rid of Jamar Chase, but he's still got Rondell Moore coming in on top of Jerry Judy and all the other ones you listed. AJ so, Brown. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he's, he was set enough at receiver. I felt that he can get rid of Jamar Chase and Jamar Chase's value in Debbie right now is very high. So I feel that's going to hold the value. Um, I'm not saying it's a George Kittle, Travis Kelsey level, obviously, but from a Debbie, a Debbie aspect of it, he's got a lot of value to him, and he could afford to move a piece like that. Um, and it's also been, and I've heard it so many times, like whenever you want to go into kind of a win now, you don't want to just throw your picks away. But at the same time with them, even with these being a little bit more Debbie depleted, I, I would have to assume. I know it's not super deep. They're going to lose a little bit of value there. But at the same time, you know, he still would be left with the first rounder. So those are the trades I came up with. And, you know, it's at least a starting point at worst. Yeah, I, I really like the uh, if he can get it done, the one with Kittle and mm -hmm. uh, Journey Brown, because he is I mean, his team is so young overall. Uh, if he got Kelsey, I almost feel like he might have to try and flip him for some other yeah. high end, younger tight end. You know, maybe uh, like maybe he can get Andrews for Kelsey or something or something like that. Yeah. But um, if he can get that done, I, like you said, I mean, he's given up Chase. But um, I, I think it's worth it because I, I think uh, we had uh, Scott Fish on previously, and I, I think we talked about. Uh, I heard I've heard Scott Fish talk about two tight ends, and basically, if you don't have a top three guy, it's often hard to, to hard to win in two tight end leagues. So, uh, but Travis, what do you think of that one? Yeah, I think it'd be tough to pull off the Kittle mm -hmm. uh, with those pieces, even though in in Debbie, just I mean, people love Jamar Chase, and so getting it done like that. Uh, that would be that would be tough. I think if I was a kiddo owner, I don't know if I would pull the trigger. But yeah, I think the Kelsey Kelsey would be an easier get just because of the age. So 
I like either deal just because of the, the two tight end nature of it. If you can pull out, pull it off with Casey and you get the guy to, to do it just because he's like, eh, I'm going to sell Casey high and uh, Kelsey high while I can, you know, getting, getting it done that way might do it. So I, I like it. Um, but uh, you want to talk about my trade? Is that all right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was just going to ask you. Yep. Yeah. What did you come up with? Sure. So, um, Sorry, Scott, if, if, you, if you're not a fan of the trade here, but uh, <laughs> it's your team. You do what you want. But I, I, he, you mentioned already that he was immensely deep at uh, young wide receiver. Like he has a bunch of young stud wide receivers and a bunch of young uh, rookies. Uh, like I think he had like four rookies that uh, had draft capital going for him. And uh, so I was like, okay, you can afford to shed those type of players. And uh, he wasn't really super strong at running back. Already has Etienne in, in, in waiting. But if you can add a Chuba Hubbard or Najee Harris, which uh, I know Charles, you know, I almost called him Charles. That's because it's, it's his Twitter handle. Scott is not a super <laughs> fan of Harris. So obviously you would offer less for Harris here. But let's just say you go for Chuba Hubbard on, uh, I think the team is Loompa Legion, which I love that name. Uh, but, uh, so with the gobstoppers here trade Lumpa Legion and, uh, gobstoppers would, would trade Henry Ruggs, LaVisca Chenault and Jay Sternberger, or just another throw in piece. If you don't want to share the tight end for Chuba Hubbard. And so somebody who doesn't play Debbie, like probably just shut off the podcast. Cause they're like, man, I got stupid. Can't listen to him. <laughs> but, um, I mean, it's, it's because. I'm super confident that Chuba Hubbard is going to be a top 40-ish pick next year, probably a first-round running back. Um, he and Etienne are, are the two that uh, are the easy easy picks for me at running back next year in, in a class that's otherwise not super inspiring or, or I'm not really super confident in anybody else next year besides those two. Uh, I think Najee Harris will still get capital. I really like Kenneth Gainwell, I think, but he's a little, he's a little small. Kylan Hill could be fun if he has a – a year with receiving uh, Mississippi State and a new scheme with Mike Leach. But it's really, it's Trevor Hubbard and Travis Etienne. If you can own both of those guys, like just as assets over the next year, we're going to see their value climb and climb and climb and climb just because they're the alpha running backs in their class. So we're buying Trevor Hubbard low here if we're giving Henry Ruggs, LaVisca Chanel, and Jay Sternberger in the two tight end format. Uh, and it feels weird because Henry Ruggs was in a top 15 draft pick real life already. LaVisca Chenault, Chenault was a day two pick already, but I don't think I'm super confident in either one of them having a super volume heavy role right away. So I think you're trading away some volatile assets that may never creep into massive volume anyway. Henry Ruggs is more like a deep threat. LaVisca Chenault, that offense at the, with the Jaguars, good luck figuring that one out. I mean, they just shot 100 targets to the running back somehow still handing a hundred targets to DD Westbrook and DJ Chark is already the wide receiver one. And so I, it just feels like I'm okay moving these players just because we're about to see this rookie hype season take on, like with, with training camps coming back together, we're going to see Henry Ruggs burn somebody just pull the trigger. As soon as you get any hype going with any of those players and you might be able to get it done for Chuba Hubbard. Okay. Stoops. What do you, what do you think of that trade? I like it, and I think the biggest, and we kind of both hit on it. The biggest piece for him is is he's either got to get a top running back or a top he, top tight end. He's got to fill one of those two positions, ideally both. But I, I like it, and I agree. I mean, 
Hubbard and, and Etienne, those are the guys, right? Those are going to be be the kind of the, the top two guys coming out. But even if you can get Harris, I think we've seen it, right? He can catch it out of the backfield. I mean, he had, I don't remember the game, but he had, it was like a back shoulder throw and he adjusted his whole body, caught it. It was his size and him able to catch the ball like he can. That's Najee. Uh, I think he'd be a good get too. But yeah, if you could pull off a trade uh, by giving up rugs, LaVisca, you know, and Jace to get a, a Hubbard, even if you have to give, a small something else like so be it right because more more than just i, I agree with rugs and lavisca i don't see the hit rate being very high i think it's going to be kind of a a long road um and, and even at that probably just middle of the road but um the depth is there at receiver for him so he can definitely afford to give up multiple receiver pieces to fill his void in one of those two the running back or tight end area but i like i like that offer for sure, and, and it makes a lot of sense for that other team, Loop Legion, too, because they're they they're sort of rebuilding too, and they're getting they're getting a bunch of young guys back. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because um, I, I did I I didn't throw it on the sheet either, but I did uh, try and come up with a trade for myself because for for me and Dustin because um, we had someone else who was supposed to be on the show that that wasn't able to make it, and I wanted to have a third trade. We usually do three, and I, I figured you guys could tell me how wrong I was um, because I, I am so not sure how to value Debbie guys versus NFL guys, and um, I was just looking at – I looked at the exact same team except I went for Najee Harris, and uh, I was just looking at trading one of his receivers. Now, maybe it's not enough. You can tell me. I was thinking Ruggs or Higgins for Harris. Is that too low? I think for for most people, it would be, um, and I think given, yeah, I think with with Scott especially not liking him, I, that that changes things because I know Scott doesn't like Harris. <laughs> so no, this, like, yeah, this this team isn't Scott. So oh, the, okay, so the, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, for some reason, I thought this. He no, had the first yeah, question. I think he just mixed up the question with yeah, the no, that's thing. all good. <laughs> but I think with with market value, I think Najee is still higher than that. Probably just because I think a, a lot of people think he's still going to be a hit, and that owner in particular, having already selected him, right? He in his mind or she ha- definitely has a higher value assigned to Harris, whether that's ra- it's rational or not. Right. <laughs> so it's probably going to take more than that, but. Which is crazy to someone who hasn't played Debbie. Like, how would you do that for a first round wide receiver that's already got the capital? But it's just all about projection and being able to predict the future accurately. And with with somebody like Hubbard, I feel like we can't. Or or, or Harris, I think we can't. Right. So like uh Ruggs and Higgins, they're both probably maybe Ruggs is late first at, at best, but both of them maybe early second round this year type guys. How much would you think yeah. you need to to add to that to get a Najee then? It's definitely closer with with Najee Harris, just because I I really I mean Bama fans that are listening hate me whatever. And Harris had the the pedigree that's cool, but it, it took him a long time to produce. And when he finally did it was with Tua. And this year is is actually there's virtually no way that he's going to produce like he did last year because it's going to be a step down with Mac Jones or Bryce Young. Uh, who's their their stud freshman coming in at quarterback. So the offense is just not going to move like it did one year ago. Uh, so we're going to see a year where like, oh, he actually has fewer receptions and he doesn't have a ridiculous touchdown percentage on those receptions. Um, so I think uh, he's going to be a day two value rather than a first round pick and still a first round rookie pick value next year. Mm-hmm. And you're waiting, uh, but you probably still need a, like another second or something added to it. That's what I was going to say. If, if you add the second, I think that could probably be enough to to at least 
have the other person think a little more on it. Um, that's what I was going to say. Add a second, see what happens. If it doesn't work, then maybe you just kind of, hey, you know, we'll we'll, re- we'll address this later on kind of thing. Kind of move on and, you know, go that route with it. But that's what I would have said. Add a second. All right. Makes sense. It'd be a good starting point. Yep. Okay. So uh, that's pretty much all we got for this week. So uh, we'll get ready to sign off here first. Uh, Travis and Stoops, but I'll start with Travis. I uh, wanted to give you a chance, you know, give – Give you guys Twitter handles again, all your uh, all the stuff you do, sites, pods, anything. Uh, so, Travis, uh, why don't you give what you got? Sure. So you can always find me on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M. Uh, that's where I'm, I, mean, I love to talk about college football, fantasy football, NFL, whatever it is, anything football related, even high school and college recruiting. And that's just my thing. But uh, all my stuff now, I've, I've written and podcasted a lot of different places, but now almost everything is uh, via Rotoviz. So you can uh, check out a lot of the work that I'm doing there with with Debbie stuff, with some college players. And, but I'm also going to be doing some expected uh, expected points and expected value of, of players um, analysis here soon. Uh, but then the College to Canton podcast is what I'm super pumped about. I just started that. Uh, I think I'm four episodes in. I've already recorded episodes five and six because I got a vacation coming up. But <laughs> really excited about that podcast, and it's just been awesome to see the re- the reception of that. Uh, just yeah. really encouraging, encouraging oh. words from a lot of people, and uh, really covering everything from college recruiting all the way to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Just everything in between. So that was the idea: college to Canton, Ohio, where the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame is. So. Uh, a little bit of real football, a little bit of college football, a little bit of recruiting, a little bit of NFL, a little bit of fantasy football, everything uh, in between. Uh, and really talking about prospect analysis and the journey that like what it takes to go from college to a Hall of Famer. Yeah, and the whole college to can format is kind of interesting. But we thought that was a little too deep for, for what we were doing this week. So, yeah. um, but uh, Stoops, uh, why don't you tell everybody what you're doing, your Twitter handles, everything? Yeah, so you can find me at uh, Stoops, S-T-O-O-P-S, 1990. Um, kind of taking a step back on Twitter. I've kind of, you know, everyone needs to kind of clear their mind a little bit, right? But I'm getting back into it. I'm starting to get back into the the rhythm of things. But, um, yeah, uh, active on Twitter. Uh, definitely college football related, obviously. Um, talk some NFL as well. But one of the co-hosts over at the Devi Delight, where obviously we, we cover the, the Devi aspect of things. And we're uh, actually going to have uh, – we've had some, some questions about like, you know, campus to Canton type leagues and kind of, so we're going to try and, you know, dive into that a little bit more kind of how we look at things and, and what, you know, maybe some strategies are. Um, but uh, we actually, so it was actually Ricky, who's my co-host to him and his, his other co-host for a music uh, movie podcast. He has Jacob. They kind of started up the, uh, the drive-in podcast network. So that's kind of cool. We've got movies, um, music podcasts just kind of everyday life podcasts like it's kind of an all-inclusive network i guess uh, to kind of share around in that aspect there's writers there's obviously other podcasters as i said so um that's a cool thing we've got going um a lot of support behind that but then i do cut ups as i said earlier for dynasty nerds whenever the seasons are going get some film there um go into that film room but um outside of that yeah it's kind of just twitter and and the the debbie delight that's where i put my my main focus on things at the moment well, thank you guys so much for jumping on. We appreciate having you guys both. Uh, it was fun getting to just hear a little bit more about uh, Devi. Uh, Rocky, you have anything you want to mention before we sign off? Uh, no, I, I, I don't got anything. So, Dustin, why don't you take us out? 
Yeah, so uh, once again, I'm Dustin uh, at Dynasty Junkie FF. That's Rocky at Dynasty FF Addict. We're both members of the DAP network at DAP underscore network with the Trade Addicts and the Fantasy Timeline. Make sure you guys subscribe, rate, and review the pod. It definitely helps us out. And we'll see you guys next week. Junkies out.